Welcome to Heard at Heritage. Heard at Heritage features cutting-edge analysis and thought from leading experts in and across the conservative movement, as well as premier events and programming from the Heritage Foundation here in the heart of Washington, D.C., brought straight to you. Thank you for listening to this Heritage Foundation event. Every day, the Heritage Foundation holds important events with respected and influential leaders and policy experts on today's most important issues. Our events are part of our mission to formulate and promote conservative public policies based on the principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and strong national defense. We hope you enjoy the program. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, please rise and direct your attention to the stage for the presentation of the colors from the United States Air Force. We remind you to remain standing until the colors have been retired, following the singing of our national anthem by retired chief musician of the United States Navy Band, Yolanda Pelzer Parker. Colors, forward, march. Colors, halt, grease, head, hearts. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Heritage Foundation's president, Kay Coles-James. Good morning. Please be seated. As Mr. Rogers would say, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I want to welcome all of you, and uh, I particularly want to welcome 
a patriot, a friend, a senator. And when I say at the Heritage Foundation that we are always, always going to be pointed to true north, there are a set of values and principles that we believe in, and that's never, ever going to change. I can't think of anyone who symbolizes that with his life and with his actions than the senator from the great state of Texas, my friend, Ted Cruz. Thank you so much, Kay. God bless you. Thank you for your strong leadership here, and thank you for the incredible legacy that, that, that Heritage has had and will continue to have for many, many decades to come. Uh, good morning, uh, and, and welcome, everyone. Uh, today, we're here uh, to dedicate a new building, but we're also here to celebrate the life and the legacy of E.W. Richardson. A man who exemplified the greatness of the greatest generation. And to thank his family, whose wonderful generosity on behalf of his ideals has made this headquarters for freedom a reality. E.W. Richardson, known as Rich, was born in a small farming town of Kim, Colorado in 1921. He discovered the joy of flying at a young age and joined the Army Air Corps at age 20 and fresh out of college was serving as a flight instructor, coordinating teams of men and later piloting a lead bomber on important missions. During one high-risk mission over Europe, he was shot down and taken prisoner by the Germans. As a bomber pilot and squadron commander, Rich Richardson was well aware of the risks he faced and energized by the responsibility to lead his crew to victory. On February 22, 1945, Captain Richardson was flying his 42nd mission, just one mission away from earning the rank of major, when all of his training was suddenly put to the test. His B-24 Liberator was hit by German flak over Vienna and severely damaged. As the plane became engulfed in flames, Rich took the controls. He held the plane steady as his crew members jumped to safety. Only after the others escaped to safety did Rich exit the plane, sustaining severe injuries on the way out, including a broken collarbone and two dislocated hips. When he landed, he was met by a German officer and taken prisoner. After being interrogated at Nuremberg, Rich spent the remainder of the war in Moosburg Prison, one of the largest POW camps in Germany. He and 80,000 other prisoners of war were liberated by General George Patton's Third Army on April 29, 1945. When Rich left the Army and returned to civilian life, he knew that he would keep flying, and he knew that he would never take a moment for granted. After his liberation and return to the United States, Rich spent every moment living the American dream and helping others do the same. He became one of the top Ford dealers in the nation. He was a compassionate friend to his many employees, a family man, an avid golfer, 
a quiet philanthropist, and much more. Mr. Richardson didn't just do business in Texas. He became part of the spirit and fabric of our state. That's why I'm honored to speak today to his legacy as the senator for the Lone Star State, a place that will always be a home to the Richardson family. His belief in giving back lives on in the philanthropic spirit of his wife, Barbara, and Dr. Patrice K. Richardson, his daughter. And there are few better places to give and to build a better America than the Heritage Foundation. Free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, Traditional American values, a strong American defense. These national treasures define who we are as a nation. And they have a vibrant home here at the Heritage Foundation. It is only right that this grand new building bears the name of a man who truly represented these ideals. Barbara, Patrice, on behalf of all the patriots here, and across the nation, and on behalf of the members of the Heritage Foundation. We thank you for your father's legacy and sharing it with the world. This new, new, new building will house interns. will train interns, young men and young women, just starting their careers, coming to Washington to learn how to fight for freedom, to learn how to fight effectively for freedom, to learn how to win. And it's worth pausing to reflect for a moment, to look forward and imagine 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, the leaders who will have come through this program, who will have started learning about the principles of liberty, learning about the Constitution, learning about what makes America free and great, and then what they will go on to do. This is an investment in the future of our nation. It is an investment in ensuring that not only ourselves, but our children and our children's children remain free. And we are grateful for the generosity, friendship, and leadership of this wonderful family. God bless you, and we are proud to welcome this new building. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Heritage Foundation's Executive Vice President, Kim Holmes. Good morning, everybody. It's a, it's a great day for the Heritage Foundation. It's a great day for America. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Senator Cruz for his, his remarks. He was just here just a few days ago on, on May 9th talking about the policy of Nicaragua. Uh, it was a great success. There were 40,000 Facebook Live views. As always, uh, Senator Cruz, he takes a lead on a policy and others follow, and we just could not be happier that he was here with us today. Patrice, Ali, Barbara, it's really an honor to be able to 
stand up here and honor your father, your grandfather's, and your husband's legacy. Uh, we welcome everyone here to be able to, to join us today. This is uh, really, truly an honor to be here. We, also, we welcome uh, so many people. Uh, we welcome our members of our Board of Trustees. We welcome the Diplomatic Corps. We welcome World War II veterans. And of course, it's a special welcome to all of the Richardson family that we've had the honor to get to know over the last few days. Today, we dedicate the E.W. Richardson Building. It's a new 36,000-square-foot facility that will welcome the participants in our Young Leaders Program, our interns, as Senator Cruz mentioned. We'll also welcome noted visiting scholars and VIP guests, bringing together the future and current leaders of the conservative movement in an atmosphere of fellowship, scholarship, and patriotism. We are proud of a building that is a great addition to the Capitol Hill community, and so many of our friends and neighbors have told us how happy they are to have this new building in the neighborhood. The building is also a fitting tribute to Ed Fulner and to Phil Truluck, uh, who sp spent and dedicated many years of their vision, their commitment, and their experience and brought it to bear on making this dream come true. Now, as all of you know, uh, construction projects, especially involving historic buildings and particularly in the District of Columbia, uh, with the, all kinds of rules and regulations, this is, can be tremendously complicated. And the time and the efforts of so many people, both within and without heritage and across the lifespan of this great project, have been simply immense. But our ultimate vision, it never, ever wavered, was to create a place to nurture future conservative leaders and to inspire them with the story of a very amazing man. That man is E.W. Richardson, a decorated World War II veteran, a successful entrepreneur, a generous philanthropist, a lifelong leader in his community, and a loving father and grandfather. E.W. Richardson's extraordinary life can teach us all of the important lessons of life that we need to know. The lessons of courage, of fortitude, of service, of patriotism, of integrity, and in responsibility, of giving back to the country that he so much loved. And, all, and as all who know the Heritage Foundation know, these are the principles and the value that inspire the mission statement of the Heritage Foundation to create an America where freedom, prosperity, opportunity, and civil society can flourish. The E.W. Richardson Building will not just honor the memory of this great man, but inspire countless young conservative leaders in the future. And when you take a tour of the building, which I hope you will do, uh, you will not uh, just see a beautiful new facility. Uh, you will see a place brought to life by a great and truly American spirit. We are pleased and we are truly grateful to have members of the Richardson family and other benefactors here on this special occasion. They have made it possible for us to honor Mr. Richardson's life and the many achievements that he made in his life. E.W. Richardson's name and his love of country will live on not only and the bricks and mortar of this building. It lives on intellectually in our research and our policy and our vital work that we do on national security and look at all the major issues of national security of our time. 
But it will also live on in a generation in lives of young people who have the great fortune and will have the great fortune to live and work in this great building. I would now like to introduce Dr. James J. Carafano, who is the Vice President of our Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy. And he also has the honor uh, to serve as the E.W. Richardson Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Uh, Dr. Carafano will share some of his thoughts on E.W. Richardson's legacy, uh, what it has meant to his own work, and what it will mean to all of us and all the other people who visit the E.W. Richardson Building in the future. So thank all of you uh, for sharing this day with us and with everyone else in the family of the Heritage Foundation. It's truly a pleasure and honor to have you here. So now I ask Dr. Carafano to come up and say a few words. Thank you very much. Well, as long as I have the microphone, um, if you want to, I did want to say, if you, if you want a reason to understand why you should invest in the Heritage Foundation, all you have to do is look at Kim Holmes. For 15 years, this guy has been my friend and my mentor. I mean, people like him that live in this place who fight every day to make this country free, safe, and prosperous. It's just an honor to know him. Thanks for being up here. Um, you know, EW would not want us to be here without recognizing who brought us here. And so I want to read our prayer. Um, EW didn't write this prayer. It was it was written by yeah <laughs> it was written by Captain Herbert Block. But as I understand, every time EW got behind the the cock the, in the cockpit there, and he had nine lives behind him, and he was going in a harm's way, that he would read this prayer before he went on a mission. So, if you would join with me in bowing your heads, O oh God, though who has created the heavens and the earth. And in thy natural way has made it possible for man to sustain himself in flight through the air. We ask again thy blessings on these men as they go out to fly high in the sky. Grant them courage to do a good job. Protect them against the assaults of the enemy. And may their faith be their unfaltering in, faltering in thee. We pray it so in the name of him who has given us power over all things of the earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, um, Rich would be the first guy to stand up and tell you that his was not the greatest generation. It's not. Every generation of Americans is the greatest generation. From the guys that froze their butt off in Valley Forge to kids that are walking around in Afghanistan today, they're all great. Every one of them, men and women, put their lives on the line for you. But Rich's generation was the generation that was called to arms at America's greatest hour of need. And if they had not done their duty and won that day there, we would not be sitting here having a conversation about the future of freedom. Now, not only is, is Rich gone, but most of them are gone. But not all of them. And we have one World War II veteran here today that I would like to introduce you to. Colonel Darrell Smith entered the U.S. Air Force in 19, or the Army Air Force in 1943, and he, like Rich, was a B-24 Liberator uh, pilot. He, like Rich, flew at the 15th, the great 15th Air Force. He, like Rich, flew out of southern Italy 
um, on, on really some of the most uh, daring and dangerous uh, bomber flying in in, um, in the history of, of air warfare. And uh, he, like Rich, uh, had good days, and October 13, 1944 was not one of them. Uh, Colonel Pliss Smith's plane was hit by German air aircraft artillery fire, um, unable to get back to the base. The, the crew bound out. Uh, he was he was the last one out of the plane. Uh, he was captured and and uh, and, uh, and and was a prisoner of war until until he was liberated in 1945, um, when the Russians overran the compound and liberated him and thankfully gave him back to us, which was kind of nice. Um, you know, Rich went off and did amazing things. Um, Colonel Smith went on to serve 32 years in the American Air Force. Um, he was married for 73 years. He raised three children. He is the grandfather of 12. He is the great-grandfather of seven. He is the great-great-grandfather of two, the recipient of the Legion of Merit, Purple Heart, Meritorious Service Medal, and Air Medal with two oak leaf clusters. Ladies and gentlemen, Please join me in saying thank you for your service to Colonel Smith. So Colonel Smith, uh, I'm, I'm retired Army. I hope that's okay. Um, you know, I'm, uh, and I'm also the E.W. Richardson Fellow. Dr. Patrice Richardson wanted me to remind that. that. But you know, we, in the military, we had a, a tradition, and and we have this tradition here also at the Heritage Foundation is called the challenge coin. So when you meet someone that you love and respect and honor, you present them a coin that represents the unit and everything you stand for. So on behalf of the E.W. Richardson Fellow and the Heritage Foundation, we would like to present you the E.W. Richardson coin. You know, I, just really briefly, I know we've talked a lot about um, Rich's service, but you, know, you just have to pause and think, you know, if you're 18 years old and you're wearing a uniform and I was one of them, you think you're going to live forever. And you do all kinds of wacky, crazy things and don't worry about it. The kids that flew in a bomber crew that were 18 and 19 and 21-year-old, they thought they were going to die. They had no illusion that they were ever going to come back and see their family again. They had the highest casualty rates of any American that fought in combat. And when we think of, of the danger of combat, we you know, think about Colonel Smith getting shot down or Captain uh, Richardson getting shot down. But you know that was a small fraction of the terror that was likely to kill somebody. You could die taking off. You could die trying to land. You could die bumping into another plane. You could fly into a mountain. Um, when you, if you got up there, you were freezing at, at uh, 30,000, 20,000 feet. Thank you, Dr. Richardson. <laughs> Man, uh, 20,000. Well, it's, it's, you know, I'm not sure actually it's that much colder at 30,000 feet. I think once you get to 20,000 feet, it's about as cold as it's going to get. But those, but you're you're literally freezing. And Pat and I, Patty and I were talking, right? <laughs> that if you had if you had a bare hand and you touched the metal frame on the plane at, at twenty thousand feet, you're firing that that the skin was coming off. 
I mean, and you, you, you were on oxygen. I mean, it, it was an incredibly difficult physical trial. And, uh, and, and really almost to the limits of human endurance and experience. And you did that every time you got up in a plane. Some people, 45 times. It's just unbelievable what they, what they went through. And, the, and, and as much as we talk about Rich in his World War II career, um, we forget about the whole rest of his life, which says just as much about the American experience, that he came back and he believed in serving his country, and he believed in just a couple of things. He believed in faith, he believed in his family, and he believed in free enterprise. And he fought for those things, and he spent the rest of his life living it and making sure that everybody he touched in his family or anybody else understood that and was part of that. So when you talk about being dedicated to making America free, safe, and prosperous, this man lived that dream. And we here, um, we get that. I mean, I was in, I've often said, and I always speak for everybody here at Heritage, when Kim said, well, what does this mean to us, is we know why we're here because people have faith in us to go out and do the right thing. And that is a pressure and an obligation we feel every single day. And we love that pressure and that obligation. And so to have that kind of honor and that kind of commitment, it, is, it just says more than you can mean. But I didn't want to just leave it by talking about the military career, because you know some people will work in the defense realm, but some people are going to work in other areas, in healthcare and welfare and uh, education and public service and... Uh, and it's not just the people that stay here and work here, like Kim, who's dedicated his en entire professional life to the Heritage Foundation, except for that brief unfortunate stint in the State Department. <laughs> um, there are, there are uh, a number of young people that will go through here. Some of them will be interns. Some of them will come back and serve at Heritage. Some of them will go off and do another thing. And, and the whole intern experience is so integral to that. And of course, as you know, that the new building is, is where we're going to be house our interns. So, um, I want to introduce a young lady right now to talk about what that part of heritage really means and what the building really means. So Nalani Benifacio is originally from Hawaii. So she was in Hawaii and she came here. So we have to think about that one for a second. Um, she, she graduated from that bastion of conservative, uh, you know, conservative font of, of great conservative uh, men and women, the University of Hawaii. Um, she... Uh, which, you know, she interned at the tough place. She interned in policy promotion where they do everything all the time um, to amazing standards and the interns get <clears throat> worked to death. If you think of that picture in, um, in Ben-Hur when Charlton Heston's at the Oars, that's pretty much the intern experience in policy promotion. <laughs> and, and, and she lived in the Johnson building during her internship. She currently works for the House Republican Study Committee as a professional policy staffer, and her portfolios include education, labor, transportation, in infrastructure, and natural resources. So we've asked her to come talk for a few minutes about her experience at Heritage. So please join with me in welcoming her to the stage. A little over two years ago, a couple of months after completing my internship, at the Heritage Foundation while living in the Johnson Building, I packed my bags, got on a plane, and moved from Hawaii to Washington, D.C. I had no job and no idea where I was going to live. It was one of the most terrifying things I had ever done, but I never would have had the courage to do it if I didn't have the opportunity to live and work in the same neighborhood that I ended up moving to six months later. I participated in the Young Leaders Program as a recent college graduate. 
I'd been working in the Hawaii State Senate and was finding it difficult to make the transition to Washington, D.C. Coming from Hawaii made participating in a D.C. internship a little more difficult than for the average intern. Taking an internship almost 5,000 miles away from home in an area that I had no family was definitely a challenge. But because of the Heritage Foundation's prominent reputation in the conservative movement, and because Heritage is one of the few DC internships that provided housing to its interns, it was an easy decision. Interning at Heritage and living in the Johnson Building was an unforgettable experience. The Young Leaders Program is unparalleled in terms of DC internships. Not only does it prepare you for a career in DC and the conservative movement, but it opens countless opportunities for young conservatives. One of the most valuable things about the Young Leaders Program was the opportunity to get to know the country's future leaders in the Johnson Building. The interns built a community like nothing I had ever experienced. We explored the city together, many of us for the first time, and every week we would host potlucks and get-togethers we called Sundays on Sunday and Flapjacks in Freedom. The people I met in the Johnson Building were my first and closest friends in DC and are people that I remain in contact with today. In fact, last summer we had a small reunion when two of our fellow interns who met during our internship were married in Arlington. It is because of my experience at Heritage and the Johnson Building that I was able to begin my career in the conservative movement in Washington, DC with the House Republican Study Committee. During my internship, my supervisor introduced me to the Republican Study Committee's executive director. Shortly after I moved to DC six months later, he hired me as RSC staff assistant, despite having no Hill experience. I truly believe that without the Young Leaders Program and the connections I made during my program, my move to DC would not have been as seamless and successful. Finally, I would like to extend a huge thank you to the Richardson family I cannot tell you how excited we are for the, this new chapter in the Heritage Foundation's internship program and the opening of the E.W. Richardson Building. It is because of your support, thousands of interns will be able to continue to advance the Heritage Foundation's principles of free enterprise, limited government, individual freedom, traditional American values, and a strong national defense. defense. I look forward to working with this community of future leaders and all those who make the Young Leaders Program possible for young conservatives like myself. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Heritage Foundation's President, Kay Coles-James. Extraordinary. Extraordinary, what a day. The emotions are running so high here, full of love, full of appreciation and excitement about the future. Not since 1983 when we cut the ribbon for our 214 building has the Heritage Foundation celebrated a moment quite like this. Today we've opened the doors not only to an exciting future, but also to a remarkable past. The life of E.W. Richardson was one of extraordinary courage, optimism, integrity, and generosity. 
He is the quintessential member of that particular greatest generation. A valiant airman, a brave POW, a bootstrap businessman, and a pillar of his community. In short, Rich is an American success story. And he's one that every single American should know. And now we have the privilege of sharing his story every year with nearly 200 conservatives as they live in the building that bears his name. Our interns represent America's next generation of leaders. And as such, they have much to learn from Rich Richardson. In fact, their purpose here is the very essence of a Ronald Reagan quote that if you've ever heard me give a speech, I always use it. So here it goes again. Freedom, President Reagan said, is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States when men were free. Like you, and like our honored World War II vet here today, we have no intention of doing that. We are going to take on our mission and our challenge and our charge. And we are going to ensure that every generation that walks through these doors knows the life and legacy of E.W. Richardson and every single person who has fought for our freedom. The building itself is a key weapon in the arsenal that we've assembled to do just that. And that's why I think it was fitting that uh, Noelani and Senator Cruz both spoke this morning because it is very important about what the Richardson Building means to both of them. Noelani is a graduate of a Young Leaders Program and represents the caliber of the more than, wait for it, 4,000 wonderful young people, young men and women who have participated in the Heritage's Internship Program. And like other interns before her, Senator Tom Cotton, for example, she may one day be playing as vital a role for our country as Senator Cruz is now. We expect great things, and we know we're going to get it. That's why the Richardson Building is so important, not just to the Heritage Foundation, but indeed to America. The young leaders who will live and train there will gain valuable experience and make those lasting friendships. They will learn about conservative solutions and the importance of always, always standing firm and pointing true north. In this way, the Richardson Building is so much more than a structure. It is a springboard for America's next generation of leaders. 
and with the knowledge and skills they gain while here, they will take up the fight for freedom, prosperity, opportunity, and a flourishing civil society. The Richardson Building is also a powerful demonstration of heritage's presence in this city. It's true that you can look out our windows and see the Capitol, but I prefer to think of it the other way around. <laughs> our elected officials know we're watching them closely because they look out of their windows and they see heritage. This is more than just a matter of proximity, though. It's about the very purpose of the Heritage Foundation. Since our founding 45 years ago, and we need to pay special tribute at this point to our founder who is here. Where's Ed? Ed, thank you. his sidekick, Phil. <laughs> but we are carrying on, and our work is not over, not by a long shot. We are engaged in a battle against a very determined and very well-resourced foe. We, they want to change America into something she was never intended to be. And they might succeed if we don't fight every single day of our lives for the conservative movement and this country that we all love so very much. But today, our base of operations expands in a meaningful way. We are bigger, we are stronger, and we are determined, more determined than ever, to win this battle and save the nation that Abraham Lincoln correctly called the last best hope of Earth. And so I would like to ask everyone here to join me in thanking not only the Richardsons, but all of our wonderful supporters. On the back of your program is the list of those who made this building a reality. Please take a minute and look at that. I'd especially like to thank those donors who have taken time out of their busy lives to join us for the dedication today. And would you please stand as I call your name, Wendy Damron. The Lang family. George Mayer. Robert Schwartzman. There you are. Thank you. Doug and Charlotte Wakehart. 
last but not least, the Richardson family. I think at this point, indeed, I could ask every single one of you to stand because in ways large and small, you've brought us to this moment through your prayers, through your support for the Heritage Foundation. I want to recognize past and present employees who've gotten us to this point. You're all a member of the Heritage family, and we are so eternally grateful. And whether you've given a million dollars or five, we love you and are grateful for your contribution to the Heritage Foundation. Thank you all. And now I'd like to ask the Richardson family to join me, and I dare not call names because there's so many of you, to join me on the stage for a small, small token of appreciation. Would you join me? I have come to love these people. <laughs> and I don't think I overstate it when I say on behalf of a grateful nation, and on behalf of every intern, present, and future, we are grateful to you and will honor, honor the memory of E.W. Richardson for generations to come. And what you are doing here is going to have a tremendous impact on this nation. And so on behalf of the Heritage Foundation Board and staff, we'd like to present to you a replica flag which is in the building over there and something very, very special here. We are grateful to you and we promise that we will always honor the memory of E.W. Richardson here at the Heritage Foundation. Thank you. And I understand the If you know anything about the new president of the Heritage Foundation, you know food matters. And so what I want to do is ask you to join me on the rooftop here uh, to uh, greet our donors who've made today possible. 
to meet the Richardson family and to celebrate with us what this day means for our country. Um, I would also encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, take the time after we uh, have our celebration on the roof to go over and go through the floors in that building and look at the remarkable work done by Eric and his team, uh, Jeremy, and so many others who have made today possible. Thank you to our events team. I mean, are they not fabulous? So many moving parts, so many things to get right, and they nail it with a perfect 10 every single time. And so thank you for joining us today. Now let's go celebrate. Thank you. Thank you.